to The Get Together. This is our show about the nuts and bolts of community building, and I am your host, Bailey Richardson. I'm a partner at People & Company and a co-author of Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People. Today, my business partner and brother from another mother, Kevin Wynn, is out, so it's just me. In each episode of this podcast, Kevin and I typically interview everyday people who have built extraordinary communities about just how they did it. Today, I'm talking to Dr. Gabemi Sola Boyade, a consultant neurodevelopmental pediatrician and the founder and CEO of Ask the Pediatricians. Ask the Pediatricians, or ATP, started as a simple Facebook group in July 2015. In Nigeria, Dr. Ubemi's home country, the child mortality rates are high, but what causes these deaths isn't a lack of cost-effective treatments, it's a patient-practitioner gap that leaves many parents uninformed and without access to professional expertise for treating their children. Dr. Ubemi saw this all around her online, when people would offer up false remedies for each other's children, and she'd have to intervene. She was playing whack-a-mole with each of these threads, and it wasn't going to work at scale, and she decided to take action by opening an Ask the Pediatrician's Facebook group with the goal of educating regular people by giving them access to medical practitioners. I want you to know that when you come to this platform, you're only going to get a pediatrician's perspective Mm -hmm. on any issue. It's up to you to take it. It's up to you not to take it. I mean, it's, uh, it's an information group. It's an education group. But I want the mothers to know this is a pediatrician's perspective, then they can make a choice. The group grew quickly. Today, there are more than 2,000 medical professionals who help more than 580,000 people with their medical questions. Dr. Ubemi has also expanded the group's reach to Nigeria's most impoverished people, parents without access to phones or the internet, through offline work with volunteers. What stuck out to me most about this conversation with Dr. Gobemi was how natural her community building instincts were. We like to say that community building isn't about management, it's about creating leaders. She's done that at every stage of her journey, giving volunteer moderators tools at the beginning to bringing other doctors in to do webinars instead of just leading them all herself, and finally to giving people all sorts of roles and ways to plug into their mission when they show up physically as an organization in local areas. Dr. Gabemi Sola knows that alone we are limited, but together we magnify our impact. Let's hear her story. We'll jump into it now. So can you tell me a little bit about how you came to be a pediatrician and why you decided to do that? Was it some? Was there some part of your upbringing or an experience you had in your life that made you passionate about children's health? As a young child, I was in a science class and you've always wanted to do something health related. Mm-hmm. So I always loved to be a doctor. I just love taking care of people. And so that is the first thing that made me want to be a doctor. But the pediatrician aspect of it, uh, towards my end of my medical training as an undergraduate, I love the way children respond to treatment. Mm. I love the fact that when I was doing my internship or house job, as we call it in Nigeria, when adults, when you're treating adults, even when they're better, they kind of give you that impression that if you've not done anything. <laughs> or for children, <laughs> when you treat, I've seen children brought to me almost dead and we just do one, two, and then by the end of that day, that child is running around, is playing. <laughs> so remarkable. Mm-hmm. I love that part about children. They don't lie. They are it's what you see is what you get. So if they are not well, mm. they are down. But when you do what you need to do, 
they are out there playing, eating. Mm. You feel very fulfilled, like, oh, I've been able to make a difference. And you can see what you've done right immediately. You can see the results. So mm. that is what made me to want to become a pediatrician. So that's why I went into the field of pediatrics. Yeah. I love that. I've never heard a doctor say that, but it makes a lot of sense to me as a boring adult now. <laughs> You guys, you now use the acronym ATP for Ask the Pediatricians, but can you take me back to the very beginning of that experience of starting that Facebook group and how did you decide to do this? I never wanted to start a group, so that's just that's by saying that. So, but as a pediatrician, I work in the hospital, I work in government setup, and uh, one of the things I deal constantly with is children coming, uh, parents bringing their children late to the hospital, and then sometimes we lose the children. And if I, if you ever met a pediatrician, when you lose a child, it's like mm. you take it home with you for yeah. days. It's it's not it's just something like a body you carry, and it makes you feel worse knowing that that child should not have died. Sometimes, you know, for us, and I do go to pediatric conferences, and we always talk about why our children are dying in Nigeria. I'm sure you know mm. those that worst in the whole world. Mm. And, and what's really pains me in this world, that the, what is killing our children are not things that we don't know what to do about. So they are not like cancers or very rare diseases that nobody knows the cure. These are common conditions, malaria, diarrhea, pneumonia. Mm. These are things we can treat. These are things we can prevent. These are things we have vaccines for. So yeah. how come these children are still dying? How come we know all these figures? We know all these facts? We know how to treat them? Mm. And the children are dying. It's because of ignorance on the part of the parents. Uh, and so I found out that whenever we go for those conferences and we do the same every year, and yes, nobody is talking to the mothers. I found out that mm. the mothers are the important stakeholders in mm. reducing all those statistics. But mm. because nobody is talking to the mothers, we, the pediatricians, we talk to ourselves, we discuss again, mm. this is what we should do, this is what we should do. At the end of the day, we still come back the following year to talk about the same thing. So I just felt like we need to be talking to the mothers. Somebody yes. needs to do that. And that is what led me into ATP. So I, then I was on social media. This is how Facebook came to the part of me. And many people know me. Some people know me that's okay, I'm a pediatrician. So there are lots of mothers' groups, women group. I yeah. was also part of those groups. And people would ask all sorts of questions from marriage to childcare to every kind of questions under heaven. When I say out questions, I chip in as a pediatrician. But then other mothers also bring in their questions. I mean, bring in their own answers. I found out that the person who is asking the question is actually going to be more confused at the end of the whole hmm. exercise because 10 people or hundreds of people have given different answers. Yeah. And for me as a pediatrician, I look at some of those answers, I'm shaking like, yeah. you're going to kill this child. Yeah. <laughs> with this your, your suggestion. And I don't know whether you know a little bit about Nigeria. We have lots of beliefs, traditional beliefs mm. about health, about what causes diseases and all that. So some of these mothers are advising from those uh, um, belief system, some yeah. of those beliefs, some of those myths that you practice. And sometimes I have to have it back and forth with some of them, like, no, this is not the right thing. Yeah. So after a while, <laughs> I begin to feel like, oh God, what is going on here? Hmm. So I realized that I need to have a platform where the mother will know, because in all those mothers' group, everybody has an opinion. Nobody knows this is a person's opinion that should carry weight or not. So there's hmm. no weighing system yes. for, for the confused mother, who, is, who end up getting more confused after asking that question. 
Yeah. So the mother doesn't know who to trust. She just gets all of this information. Exactly. And that and was everybody one. Everybody means well. Everybody yeah. is sincere, but sometimes you could be sincere and be wrong. <laughs> so that is why I decided to create Ask the Pediatrician. That's why actually mm. I call it Ask the Pediatrician. So I want you to know that when you come to this platform, you're only going to get a pediatrician's mm. perspective on any issue. It's up to you to take it. It's up to you not to take it. I mean, it's, uh, it's an information group, but I want the mothers to know. This is a pediatrician's perspective. This is the other mother's perspective. Then they can make a choice. Yeah. So I always tell them when it comes to health issues, I'm not saying pediatricians, we are no it's all. But when it comes to the health of your children, mm. the pediatrician is the authority. That is our job mm. to tell you mm. what to do and how to make sure your children lives healthy. I want them to have the platform. So that is what led me to start pediatrician. So that was on the 20th of July, 2015. Wow. You know the exact date. Oh, I know the exact date. <laughs> I know the exact time that I created. Wow. <laughs> I know the first post that went up. Tell me, what was the first post? The first post I put up was how to prevent the deaths of our children. Because I just, so it's, so, it's something I'm passionate about that no child should be dying from things that we can prevent. Mm. And so I talk about what you can do before you got pregnant, where you're pregnant, after you have your baby, mm. uh, from you know, the common conditions, how do you handle them, when do you go to hospital? So we talk about all that. And then people start coming in into the groups and start asking their questions and then we start answering them, telling them what to do. And so people are more, they feel more comfortable knowing that this is the pediatricians giving them the health perspective for the other psychological support definitely you can get from other mothers group but when you're in hcp you are about the child's health you can get a professional point of view yeah. and that is how hcp started how well did you bring into the group in the very beginning because it's you you click create and then how did the first people find out about it or yeah how did you get it off the ground I actually created a blog first where mm. I want to be writing articles about child health issues and I want uh, people to be able to read. And the first thing I wrote in that blog was why ask the pediatricians? Hmm. I want mothers to know why did I create the group? And then, of course, I put it on my own personal page. So some of people that are my friends or those who already know me, even while I was on those other mothers' groups, people already know me that I am a pediatrician. So sometimes when yeah. people ask questions, they tag me like, oh, Dr. Boyde, can you help us with this question? So they know me already. So some of them, when they saw that, some of them, because of that, they already become my friends on Facebook because they like to come and ask me questions. And so that's how we started, how we grew. Yeah, it sounds like you were already participating on your blog and already on Facebook helping people. So it was very natural for you to just continue the conversation. Exactly. Were there any moments in those early days, those early weeks, those first months that really stood out to you when you saw that you had an impact or someone's life was affected or just what were those early kind of first few months like for you running the group and working with the group? So the the first thing I noticed that the groups grew so rapidly. Mm. It was an unusual group. I was very very specific about what I want the group to be. Tell me about that. What did you? What's what do you have to do? What are the rules and why? Because already I'm also part of those groups. So those groups yeah. already exist. They already you are, there are groups where you can post your birthday, where you can post you have a, your today's <laughs> your wedding anniversary. I just want to do a group about child health only. Yeah. So the only thing you are you are going to get in this group is child health. You ask your child. No birthday photos. No birthday photos. 
nothing else and nothing else. Just ask health questions and that's it. So it's a group where it's about the pediatrician's opinions. I was very, very particular about that. So many people were really very upset with me. And those were the early days where Facebook don't uh, turn off comments. So we don't even turn off comments. Well, so you were just like the police in there, just like telling everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was very hard. It was hard. And so we have to kind of police the group. But luckily for me, I have a lot of people who, who just love what I'm doing and they really benefit from the group and they feel like we're going to help you. So long before Facebook has the concept of moderators, I have what I call volunteers. Mm -hmm. So these volunteers, what they do for me, because to be honest, there was a time I was like, I'm going to close down this group. Mm. It was taking too much of my time. It Mm -hmm. was taking too much of my life. I answer questions, money. Yeah. And some of my colleagues, they love it, but they are not ready to invest their own time. So they were like, oh, it's lovely, it's lovely, but okay, help me answer some questions. I'm busy, I'm busy. So they were not really <laughs> as invested. So I was doing most of the work. So, but then it goes to a time where I'll answer one question, like in five minutes, somebody has asked, asked exactly the same question. Oh my so gosh. you keep on asking that. So it was getting tired. I mean, like, oh my God, I don't have the time to deal with all this. Mm, mm. So, and that was even the time where you can't uh, approve posts. Everybody just posts, it just land in the group. So I see the early days oh the early days of facebook <laughs> so i so saw some people they on their home volunteers to be helping me so they are very good in they already know all the questions i've answered they already know the answer so when somebody asks exactly the same question they will help me to copy my previous yeah. answer and post it for the other person so that's how i started having volunteers on their own and they were really helpful and then we now start having facebook features you can approve posts you have moderators so it's become more easier um, easier to manage the group so who were those volunteers were they mothers or like how did you find them they're also mothers and just like everything on my group you see why people like what you're doing they just want to be part of it yeah so they just come and like oh i'm going to mm. I, i'm going to assist you i'm going to assist you yeah. and they were giving their time their data and these are mothers that are also on facebook all the time so they have time to help yeah. me with some of those things and so that's how we started what about other pediatricians? Last I saw, there were like 2,000 that are helping you with this page, helping like 500-something thousand mothers who are coming to ask questions. So how do you find those pediatricians? And do you feel like you need to do anything to make sure that they have a certain level of training? Or do you prefer people who speak certain languages? Or how do you um, think about adding new pediatricians to your team? So most of the pediatricians are my friends. They are People I know. You know, a lot of pediatricians. <laughs> Where I was working, I was a consultant. So I have lots of other junior pediatricians coming up who are looking up to me, like your I mentor. See. And so they The like, boss is like, I help me out. Exactly. You want to be friends? <laughs> they want to be part of And then I think for them, most people actually feel fulfilled volunteering. People just love when they do things that make a difference in other people's life. People just come and tell me, oh, I, I like to be part of it. Those who know me, join. They can have their home friends and people every day even see like yesterday somebody was sending me a message on Facebook like okay I'm a I'm a dentist and, and I I want to be answering questions for 
you know, on your group and all that. But, and just to say, even when I started initially, some doctors were not happy with me because they felt, oh, one of my, I can remember one of the other pediatricians actually telling me that what you're doing is wrong. You're not going to make doc- people go to the hospital and they're not going to, we're going to be losing income and all that. Oh, that God. then go to the hospital. And I told them, like, look, this group is not a hospital. And that's one of the things I also tell people right from the beginning of the group. This is not a hospital. This is an health education information yeah. groups. How to understand how many medical processes work. Mm. There's the history part, there's the examination part. I can't examine your child on Facebook. I can't yeah. examine your child online. And I have to make diagnosis. And sometimes I'm not sure I may need to do certain blood tests or certain investigation to be sure of the diagnosis. So I can have an idea what may be wrong with your child, but I can't confirm it. So but my whole goal is to make sure your child doesn't even get to the point where you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. I want you to know all the preventive, all the mm-hmm. promotive part of health. So if you're applying them, then you don't really need to go to the hospital. And one of our anniversary, we ask for people's feedback. And one of the feedback people always keep saying is that, oh, I learned a lot on this group. And because I'm impl- implementing them, I don't even have needed to take my child to the hospital. Wow. So my child is healthy. I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy. So those are the kind of things that bring me joy because that's actually the purpose of the group. Yeah. To make sure that people know what to do to promote and to prevent, you know, illnesses in their children. And then when, for any reason, the illness occur, they should know when to go to the hospital. They mm-hmm. should know this is the first thing I can do at home. They should know that at this point, I need to go take my cash to the hospital. One thing that really struck me was that you have these sort of like regular rituals or like regular programs that you do online. I read about an ATP live that I read was every Saturday where you have a pediatrician sort of live stream about a topic and also like a weekly group discussion, which is maybe a little bit more interactive and We always tell people when we're doing trainings that as a community organizer, it's your job to do a shared activity repeatedly. So something people know that they can plug into. If they make it on this Wednesday, great. If they can't make next Wednesday, fine, but it'll be there for them. And so it really struck me that you're doing that online because I think some people who are working in a digital space forget about that or don't think to do it. So I'm curious, how did you decide to start those programs? Where does that come from? Because the idea of the group is to educate. Education is important. And sometimes when you're asking questions, when you're answering questions, so they don't understand what you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. I just realized that it's important that before they ask a question, we teach them about this thing. So I want to teach them about breastfeeding. I want to teach them about this. So that is why we have to start doing like weekly group discussion. And then weekly group discussion involves on Facebook, you have to do a lot of typing. You do a lot of typing. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. it's more like a comment conversation. You comment, people read it, then they keep reading and read, and then they will ask a question, then you answer. Then we decide, okay, let's try video so that the doctors don't have to type a lot. So we decide to do the videos on Saturdays. And then some people begin to complain, oh, I don't have enough data to live stream your videos. Yeah. So some were like, oh, the data is too much to do a video. So I'd rather read rather than watch. We have a YouTube channel, so we need to put videos there uh, and I think it was shortly after Facebook introduced the ability to go live whenever a new feature comes up on Facebook 
we always make use of it. So initially nice. there was no Facebook Live. There was Facebook no like, must live love video that. streaming on Facebook. So initially we're doing our video. We'll actually record it and somebody will use an organization to do it for us. It's cost us a lot of money. Then I realized there are some hubs that can actually do it. And I was living in Nigeria at that time. I was in London. So I decided, okay, let's do some hub. Something that can connect all of us, different parts of the world. So most of the time when I'm doing ACP Live, I'm here in London. The moderator is in Nigeria. People are watching all over the world, wow. from US, from New Zealand. People just say, oh, hello, I'm from this, I'm from that. So you know where people are coming from. So people that have data enjoys that. They love it. Mm. People that don't have data, they can always watch it whenever they are ready. Yeah, or they can, uh, they, they can also do exactly they can also do the our group discussion and also our our, our professionals even though we say pediatricians all our doctors are not all pediatricians so we have drivers doctors so we have yeah. surgeons you have so whenever depending on the topic we're discussing we always go for the experts in that topic so we've had ENC surgeons we have dermatologists ophthalmologists everybody also loves wow. the fact that they can talk about their own area to the children so it's not all just about me initially it was i was the only one doing everything but now there are so many people doing everything so we just flow with the with the new features of technology and all that so but our goal is always we want to educate we want to inform people yeah. so whatever technology is available for us we go for it then one of the challenges we are having was that people ask questions we are all volunteers everybody has a daytime job full-time yeah. job so nobody is sitting we're not paying anybody to sit to answer questions so we're not said okay can we have an app some of these questions are like common questions the same thing all the time so like an ai based app that when you put in your question you get your answer quickly then if you can't if they can't get the answer for you it will direct you to the community go drop your oh, question interesting. Then the human being can answer it for you. But if it's something that they, there's already on the database, then you just get your answer quickly. So that is also really nice. The app that you created, the ATP app, when you download it, it has all of the information you need. So it doesn't run data for people to make calls to answer their question. It's a question answer app. So yeah. you just pop in your question into the app. And then AI sends something back. Oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> sometimes it's get to try, sometimes it doesn't get to try, but it will ask to just like it's immediate thing, though. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just like the ones all these banks and all of them use it to ask to the ones to so it will either direct you to go get to our community on the Facebook or you can drop us an email or something and we can take it up from that. So that's what we're rolling out now. We just want to make it easier for people to get the answers. Yeah. on their childhoods and all the articles are also there. Sometimes you can just read and people, sometimes people do that. They don't even ask the question. They just read the topic of the area where they want to ask questions and all the answers are there already. So yeah. they don't really need to pop in your question here. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear that there's some amount that you can do of Q&A and even your, your volunteers, the moderators help you surface past answers so that all the doctors aren't re-answering the same things over and over again. But there's another layer to education you're saying, which is to proactively talk to people about things they may not know about. So people may come up with questions for you, but it's different when you can actually also prepare programming for people and talk to them about issues in advance. So you have this big Facebook community, now 500-something thousand people, 2,000 volunteers, 585. It's a lot of people. 
that's so many human beings. And you decided after starting with this hunch that you could help a lot of people online, that you were also going to do work offline. And that's harder. It takes more manpower. It takes more organizing. It's, it's a challenge. It's a lot of um, putting in a lot of work to make those things happen. So how come you made the decision to do that with ATP to send pediatricians out into communities in Nigeria? ATP is about preventing those children dying unnecessarily. And then I realized that most of the people on Facebook are literate. They are educated. They yeah. have internet. They have smartphones. So you are a kind of a cohort of people who are more like advanced in the community. But I find that most of our children are also dying from mothers who don't have Facebook, who don't have internet, who don't have smartphones. And they are the ones that don't know anything I'm doing. They don't even know what I'm talking about. And their own children are dying as well. So mm. we have those communities of what we call indigenous communities where they don't even have access to all these things. And so it was during our first anniversary of trusting the Facebook online. Wow, one uh, year in. Online. Yeah, one year wow. anniversary. I just decided that, okay, to celebrate our anniversary, we need to reach those people who don't have access to what mm. we have online. And mm. we're going to go ahead and have a community medical outreach. So we went to Makoko, which is one of the most indigent community in Lagos. It's a slum. I'm sure you've heard about Makoko a lot. It's all over the news. Yeah, when I was reading um, about they, you, I saw a mention yeah. of Makoko many times. And yeah, I assumed exactly. it must be so that was a our well-known first, area. So our first, which is Nigeria Independence Day, we're celebrating. And we just said, okay, let's do something. In this result, because it's about our communities, about our country, let's make this country better, let's make the Nigerian children not to mm. die. So we decided that let's go to Makoko. What is so interesting about how I'm going to Makoko is that everything we did, we planned it online. All the people that showed up at Makoko, apart from those who are my friends already, I met them for the very first time mm. at Makoko. How did All that feel? <laughs> I don't know. It's surreal. I mean, I remember one of my pediatrician friends telling me, Baby, where did you miss all these people? How did you get to know this? 200 people showed up for that first outreach. Wow. 200 people. 200 people. We reached 1,000 children. 200 people showed up. And how did they show up? Well, like, you know, just call for volunteers. People have been. Uh, all the people that contribute to ATP are people that have been touched. These are people that joined ATP as a mother. And they just want to, they've learned yeah. a lot. And then we now say, okay, we want to go back and give back. So we have professionals, the doctors, the nurses, the pharmacists, and we have, of course, we need non-professionals to help us with logistics, yeah. arranging the children, registering in. them, yeah. um, feeding. We fed the children, we gave them food, wow. we gave them clothes. People donated money as well. So you recently, there was a, a big children's holiday and you had outreach in something like 33 different, 35 different communities. So instead of just Makoko, now you have teams going to different places. Can you tell us about what the program's like now? You know, so we don't go to communities where there are hospitals, where there are doctors. and yeah. We go to communities where they, they would never see a pediatrician in their life if, if we don't go there. That's the truth. Can you say a little bit about also, I've read about the gap between, in Nigeria specifically, between the number of pediatricians and the people that are being served. What What is it like in Nigeria right now? We have only about 1,000 pediatricians in Nigeria. 1,000. 1,000, yes. And you and have 2,000 have... doctors in your group. 
<laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> One thousand pediatricians yeah. to a population of about uh, Nigerian population there actually was about forty million, one forty million, one sixty million, and wow. Nigeria is a uh, youth-dominated population, yeah. Yeah. young population. So forty-five percent of the population in Nigeria are people that are consistency of the pediatricians, zero to 15 or zero wow. to 18. So almost like 50% of the population need pediatricians and we have only 1,000 pediatricians. Now, majority of the pediatricians are in Lagos, where I was, yeah. and maybe Abuja, Paraco, in the big cities. So all the smaller cities, all the states don't have pediatricians like that. So the majority of pediatricians are in Lagos, in Abuja, the big cities of Nigeria. So most people don't even have access to pediatricians. They are in the teaching hospitals. Uh, those are where you're going to find the pediatricians. You don't really find them. A few in private hospitals in Lagos, but that's it. So it's, yeah. it's really a poor ratio. We have nurses, uh, pharmacists, yeah. all the other healthcare professionals. So all right. of us together, of course, majority of doctors, but all of us together, uh, those are the uh, healthcare professionals. So we all go together in as a team. We didn't start with 2000 anyway. <laughs> we started less than that. I think yeah. our first community were about 200. About 100 will be healthcare professionals. Then we begin to go to other communities. Then we begin to go outside Lagos. Everybody will begin to say, Oh, Dr. Baby, when are you coming to my state? Yeah, when yeah, are you coming yeah. to my state? When are you coming? <laughs> everybody wants me to everybody wants us ATP to come to their state. So we realized that okay, we need to go to other states. So we initially went to five states. Then we got Facebook Community Leadership uh, Award. We got yeah, you have money. a fellowship, yes. We got a fellowship and then congratulations. <laughs> we have money now. So we expanded. So what we did was to provide support for people who want to volunteer in each of those states already. We're already on ACP, the big Facebook group, but, you know, they need to be organized. So that's how we got organized into states. So we have ACP in, uh, in 33 states of Nigeria wow. and, and the FCT. And so the first time in 2019 um, May, we did all our outreaches in those 33. We did it in 35 locations, but all of us together, 1,450 volunteers, wow. went to 35 communities and reached 17,000 children. Wow. 17,000, a little bit above that. So we. So this was like time, checkups, like kids just wanted, some kids maybe, maybe were sick, someone had maybe a tooth issue, yes, and also yes, just yes, like... Yes. Baby basic yeah. physicals, like too. So yes. it was kind of just like so, bring your children no matter yeah, what. So and this is where the children were counting now, not even talking of the mothers. So for each of our outreach, we would do register them with the warm all the children, we would do their weights, their heights, we give nutritional education if the children are malnourished. The doctors will see those who are sick, we'll give free drugs. The dentists, not the dentists are not all over in all the states, but in states where they have dentists like Lagos or your they do basic simple procedure yeah. like scaling and polishing, they examine the children. Wow. For children that need further uh, management will refer them to the closest uh, uh, tertiary or secondary hospital where they can continue their care. So that's what we do. And that's amazing. Then in October, we went to school. So we said that we also want to go to school. That's where the children are. So we have our yeah. school outreaches and we went to, I think, 77 schools all over the country wow. again. So, so it is not like we're all over Nigeria now. So that's. And everything started from the Facebook group. group. Yeah. Everybody, whoever volunteer for ATP, comes from the Facebook group. Mm. Of course, people also bring in their friends, like, okay, I'm doing this. And everybody just love it. 
it's an amazing journey that you've been on. I'm sure like you take the time to think back on just pressing click on a button on your computer and what's happened from that and how real and I mean, to have a child walk in and be treated who is sick and do that for thousands of children down the road from just opening this page, I'm sure it's pretty remarkable. And so what are you thinking about now? Like what is your main challenge or what's your main priority about where to go in the future? Like what's on your mind? So um, what's on my mind uh, is to see how we can reach many children. Of course, it's, it's very easy to talk about we've reached 50,000 children. and wow. But like, I'm looking at how many children are in Nigeria. There are still people that we're not reaching. And what would hinder us from reaching them? Of course, we need develop we need more people and then of course we need funding to do some of those things but one of the things i run away from is i run away from the bureaucracy of government yeah. because i know what it is i i know many big organizations that have money they rather work with government agencies and i know what sorry to say what the government agencies tend to do but you're not really touching the people on the grassroots. In fact, sometimes when we go to the communities and we're like hmm. going to reach them, some of them think, oh, is it that you've collected money from one NGO in US or UK hmm. and you want to just come and do something? And we tell them, no, we, we are not. We are just. So some of them are always very amazed that people who don't have anything to gain, uh, and that's one thing about ACP volunteers, we, everybody knows they are giving. We give, yeah. even the volunteers, they are the same people giving their money, they are the same people giving their time, they are the same people giving their skills. Yeah. They just love giving it out. And people don't understand that people can just be so mm. artistic about things like that. Yeah. And so they, they're always amazed about what we do. And so we want anything that's going to help our children to live healthy and to be well. So that's what we do in HCP. So we need funding. That's one of our main needs. And that's why we think Facebook, because Facebook, for the first time, we see a, a corporate organization believing in a grassroots kind of NGO, which is not like we don't have all the data, we don't have the office, we don't need to generate all sorts of figures yeah. and write proposals. I, I get bored with those things. I just want to touch the children. I just want yeah. to go down to the roots. I have been able to prove that with people who don't know anything, who are not being paid salary, we can make a difference. Yeah. So what is so hard in the government setup, making that difference? And it's all about people being committed just to do the right thing by our children. We, we piloted a project during this Facebook leadership program. We did mobile clinics. I heard about that. We just that. go to those communities. Yeah, we just go to those communities and we just do clinics for them. I look forward to that. This is something we should be able to do. And the main challenge I have is that, oh, where are they going to go? The doctors are also busy. They have their own life and job. So for them to be committed to go every, we haven't just doing it once a month, clearly. Many people were busy. So I, I just realized that But if we get somebody, like we pay somebody to just do this clinic for us, like every, you know, the other health treaties is easier because it's twice in a year. So people prepare ahead, like I'm going to give this time. But when you need to do it like regularly, because I'm looking for also like, can I measure what I'm doing if I do it regularly instead of mm. just, I come today and that's the end. I come to the, I want something like, can I do something more continuous? Like every month, can we make a difference in yeah. the statistics in this particular state? Exactly. So, 
but that is a oh huge project that will require like employing people full time mm. to do it. Mm. And yeah. but I really thought where we can actually be in every local community, every local government area of Nigeria. So right now we have states, but I'm looking forward to where we are, like 777 chapters. That's wow. all the number of local governments that are in Nigeria. And each local government will have like ATP chapter or ATP person who is committed to making sure that the children in those communities are Amazing. well <laughs> and fine. So if we get there, yeah. One thing I wonder is why this hasn't happened before. Like the internet's been around for a long time. And you guys have had a challenge. I'm sure Nigeria has had a gap between the number of doctors and the people being treated and issues in rural areas. And I was thinking, like, you know, what what makes this what makes ATP special? And it's you like it's it's you. I mean, it started with you and I can hear your drive and also the way that you put you said that in the very beginning, you put the mother's first and the children first and you just keep going and keep going and keep going with pure intentions and I'm just curious like where did that come from like you know it seems like you have a really special amount of pure drive for service that other people just don't all seem to have so <laughs> yeah like tell me like about about you like how how did you become such a remarkably generous human being and driven human being <laughs> I, don't know. I think it's has to do my background as a christian i think mm-hmm. so because i read a lot of books and i one of the things i always want to do is to make a difference for one person and that, that's one of my life principles it's not about reaching i believe that whatever whichever place i am i am there to make a difference and mm-hmm. it may not be for hundred or fifty people just for one person i always tell people when and I said, hey, ACP, I actually don't think ACP was going to grow big because I was like, if even if it's only one child I can save on ACP, I will feel very fulfilled. All I, I will feel, and I think for me, that's my drive. People were looking for mechanism to make the group grow. I, was, I wasn't too keen. I wasn't too keen on making my group grow. But I just want to make a difference for one person, whoever I believe God has sent me to. And mm-hmm. that's it. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's about using whatever skills, whatever knowledge I have to make a difference for one person. And that's my drive. That I never thought I would get to a point where I'll be talking to somebody like you or I'll be getting to Facebook. And mm. that's the last thing I ever thought of on my mind. So when it happens, I just, I, I'm just blown away. Like, oh, seriously, I never knew nobody was looking at what I'm doing. I'm just... Yeah, making it happen. Making it happen. Just doing a little I can do in my corner. I believe that everybody has something in them that they can offer it will not be right for you to have all that and let it go to waste. Yeah. So just do your, just do your whole part to make the yeah. world a better place. That's mm. my whole drive. It's also not about the fame. It's not about the money because when I started, people always ask me, Oh, you have so many people in your group. How come you're not making money out of it? And I'm like, I'm not in that group to make money. Yeah. I'm actually in that group to give Mm. But call it my own personal CSR. I just want to give back to the society. And that's it's hard for other people to keep that purity, though, which I think is beautiful. And I have to say, hearing you say that your goal is 777, seeing how far you've come already, I, I'm sure we'll see you there at some point soon. I, love, I look forward to that. I just want our statistics to go down. I'm, I'm working hard with the SDG3. I really want... Nigerian statistics to go down. Mm. And I, for me, each time I read about 
people making a difference and saying, because of your group, I don't do this anymore. So people will say, I made a lot of mistakes with my first child, but now mm. I'm, I'm wiser and better. Mother gets into my inbox and tell me about losing their children. I weep with them mm. as well. And it pains me. Anytime a child dies, it, it pains me. It, mm. I, I weep with mothers and I don't like that. So anything I can do to make a child not to die, as much as possible, uh, I really want to do it. But sometimes I'm tired. I'm tired of all this thing. Let me be honest. I, I will never forget a child, sorry, uh, that, that mother posted that picture of that child on our Facebook group. This child looked like a child from a war-torn country. You know, those mm. children that are so malnourished. Yeah. Those, and this is Nigeria. This is, this is not a war-torn country. I'm like, what is going on here? So we, you know, normally you give advice, but I felt like this is not going to be enough. I need to get hold of this mom. I, I don't want this child to become part of those statistics we're talking about. So I got inbox to the mom, like, can you bring your child? I was in Nigeria then. Bring your child to me in Lowe's. Oh, I don't have money. I don't have money. But one of the people that saw that picture was like, oh, Dr. Blaming, you need to help this. You need to help. We need to do something. So she gave us like, how much is that in dollars? That's about maybe $300 or something wow, like that. Amazing. You know, so just for us to help this mom. And the mom brought her child. So I was, you know, in my hospital. Then I was in Lagos University Hospital. And we started to change the child, you know, so money was not an issue. We were able to get the child, you know, and the child recovered amazingly. So mm. I posted two months after when the child came to me for a follow-up clinic, the child has gained weight. You won't believe it's the same child. So mm. I always like to put, I posted a picture of that child when the mother first posted and the picture two months after, the child was weighing four kilos at one year. That's a one-year-old child was weighing four kilos. That four kilos just at the weight of a newborn baby, a little wow. bit above the weight of a newborn. But by the time the child came by, I was weighing 8.2 kilos. Great. So when I put the picture by, everybody was like, wow. Huh. <laughs> so I was like, anytime I look at that picture, it always reminds me why this group exists. Because mm-hmm. I just know that if not for that mother posting that picture in that group, that child is would have died yeah today that mother so you close. seeing it another mother supporting you the power yeah, of the exactly. group exactly power of yeah. community yeah, yeah. well exactly. i think that's a great place to end the interview uh yeah. i just thank wanted you. to say thank you so much number one for the work that you're doing it's really inspirational and i'm just like your impact has been unbelievable and i hope you're proud you. and it's been an honor to interview you thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to however be yeah <laughs> absolutely if you want to get involved with ask the pediatricians find their page on facebook or head to ask the pediatricians.com that's the british spelling of pediatricians p-a-e-d-i-a-t-r-i-c-i-a-n-s p-a-e not p-e-d You can find out more about us and the ways we work with organizations to make smarter bets with their community building investments at our website, peopleand.company. Also, our book is on Amazon. You can find it at gettogetherbook.com. It's full of stories and learnings from conversations with community leaders like this one with Dr. Gibemi. Oh, and last thing, if you don't mind, please review us and subscribe to our podcast. It helps this podcast show up for more people. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 